I'm making sure I read everything. Deep so in her review. <laughs> so if I don't miss any of the notes that I've took. Um, I just wanted to bring up a few things. Because we recorded the episode differently last week, we forgot to talk about some stuff that we, we had talked about. So one of the things that we forgot to talk about was Scott's science corner, which was confirmation that it was, in fact, a military project. Like, we'd had mm. hints of that, but we actually got, like, the official confirmation. And then we talked a little bit about the virtual leaky dynamic, but we didn't really talk about in depth about how he's too attached to his subjects, mm-hmm. which definitely comes into play in this episode. Yes. But also, it kind of, like, confuses the narrative with him, because too attached to his subjects, is it because of his delusion, whatever secret plan or yeah i kind of forgot that was a a thing that he was because we touched on it a lot and then it never came back up until until this episode Mm -hmm. and then i also wanted to bring up we didn't talk about that scene well we talked about the phone call with sarah and paul but we didn't talk about her the her being like how many clone notches do you have in your belt now Mm -hmm. and just like his um vibe sleeping with all the clones we think it's three right yeah Rachel Mm -hmm. Sarah and then also too just like themes of dominance with Felix and Rachel like the parallels between the scene obviously where Paul is pressing Mm -hmm. Felix into the mattress and then in the scene later he's the one that's being dominated um, and then one major thing that we did talk about too is the the fact that Grace has to carry the child herself if she did oh yeah (laughs) So yeah, I just wanted to just bring those little notes up before we get started. Um, and then also, I read this article that came out at the time about from it was like an interview with the hair and makeup people on Orphan Black, talking about how they transitioned Tatiana Maslany for each of the clones. Uh, the article is called "How Orphan Black's Hair and Makeup Wizard Split One Actress into Five Very Distinct Clones." It was written for Yahoo TV by Dave Nimitz, and it basically said they had thirty to forty-five minutes. For each changeover, which is like no nothing, yeah, <laughs> it's like no time, like especially for a hair and makeup changeover that's like fifteen minutes for each department, like they were, I mean, I guess needs must, but I literally can't imagine. Like I've been on shows with much less dramatic changes where it's still like the same character mm-hmm. but just a new outfit that take a lot longer than this. Yeah. Well, and, and just personally getting ready sometimes takes me 30 to 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they were saying, too, that, like, while she's transitioning, too, she was, like, working with her acting coaches and stuff, too. So mm-hmm. it's, like, not even, like, they have their full attention. So, yeah, they were running and gunning. Um, the, like, most interesting hair note for Sarah, I thought was, like, they were talking about how Tatiana has naturally wavy hair, but you can't just, like, leave it like that on camera. It would just look like a haystack. So they have to, like, straighten and then, like, process her hair just for it to, like, look naturally messy how it does Mm. in the show. (laughs) And then they said about Allison, like, the idea behind her was that she probably decided how to do her makeup 10 years ago and never changed. Oh, yeah. And this, they had this quote that I pulled that said, we've seen her in rehab and I figured the only thing she had with her was her lipstick and husband Donnie didn't even bring her makeup bag. I feel that might be the final indignity for her that she has to go around barefaced. It's very insightful. Yeah, and then the last one I wanted to talk about was Helena because remember we were asking about her blonde hair. Yeah. And basically they just said it's like a home bleach doll that went bad. Mm. And but they were also talking about how sometimes she can look very angelic. And they said that some images they were looking at in the creation of Helena's character was like Ukrainian Orthodox religious icons. 
So that, like, I didn't look any up, but I'm sure if we did, it's like the halo and all that type of stuff. So yeah, a little just pre- Pre-episode chatter. So this is episode 206, To Hound, Nature and Her Wanderings. Um, it was directed by Brett Sullivan, who also directed 107, and written by Chris Roberts, who was the story editor. It aired May 24th, 2014. Top movie of the time was X-Men, Days of Future Past. For real? Iconic film. <laughs> Did you see that movie? No. No. Well, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's not that outside of your wheelhouse. Yeah, I watched just like X Men. That's like, the, I don't know. That movie I, was good. I don't hear anybody ever talk about. Is that the one with Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, but she's like the least interesting part of it. <laughs> but it's the one with Evan Peters as Quicksilver and that really cool scene where. I, well, never mind. <laughs> never seen it. I, but, I mean, I've seen it because that that was definitely one of my like early fandoms with James McAvoy, Mike Fassbender as. Uh, Dr. Xavier and Baikido, respectively, <laughs> got the girls going. Um, yeah, I like those movies. Well, the first one was first class, but this, I guess this is the second one? Anyway, if you're going to see... fan you are. Just kidding. <laughs> well, excuse me. If you're going to see any X-Men movies, I would say to watch X-Men Days of Future Past. Um, the song was still All of Me by John Legend, so no new information there. Um, yeah. We can go into the episode. Sorry for the sister camping trip. I want to ask you if you have been camping with any of your sisters <laughs> and um, how it compared to. I haven't been sleeping with, camping with my sisters, but I have been camping with like my dad and my brother. Mm-hmm. So yeah, annoying. <laughs> Farting, definitely. <laughs> well, especially after she had a whole can of beans for yeah. dinner. <laughs> so I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> I have never been camping with my sister. I think that we probably wouldn't make it through the night. <laughs> Would you be interested in camping? Is no, that- because my snake fear is too strong. Yeah. What about glamping? Yeah, I, if I had like a cabin, I would be into that. But I definitely don't like, because my snake phobia is so advanced, I don't, I don't put myself in any situation in which I might encounter a snake. Like, I don't think I'll ever be like someone like, let's go hiking. I mean, I did hike a mountain once, but it was in New Hampshire. I feel like there are any snakes out there. <laughs> sure, tell yourself that. <laughs> well, I didn't see any, so... My horror camping story is I actually went camping with Dalton, my fiance, and we went canoeing in this river in Florida, and there were alligators everywhere. We were like canoeing <laughs> did over you, did alligators. You them I avoided them as I was so I was like Dalton was paddling by himself because I was scared. I would be scared too. It was very terrifying. But we were supposed to camp all all down Florida, but mm-hmm. that's when COVID hit. So, like, mm-hmm. we got to go to our first campsite, and then everything closed down. Now we had to go back home. I don't even want to be camping in Florida. Like, once again, the snake, <laughs> snakes oh, yeah. in Florida are really it's serious. crazy wildlife in Florida. Yeah. Well, I think about that a lot, because, like, I wonder if I had grown up somewhere in the other than Louisiana. It's like, I feel like the snakes here are extra deadly. So, if mm. it was just, like, regular-ass, like, garden snakes, I probably wouldn't be, like, Ugh. But I don't even... I don't, but even my mom grew up in Oklahoma... Like rattlesnakes, all that stuff. She like is always like, oh yeah, we yes. My grandparents had a farm. She's like, oh yeah, we used to have to go cut, cut their head off with a shovel. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what I would do if I saw a snake. Like, probably pass out. I would freeze. <laughs> no, I think I would my self preservation, but I don't think I would be able to like take action. Yeah, I don't think I would pa- faint. <laughs> Just freeze. <laughs> freeze response. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully, I never have to find out. Like, I think the only way I could go camping is like with like some kind of like man that I like really trusted who I who trusted to like handle any wildlife we encountered. So you've never encountered a snake in your lifetime? 
I saw. I mean, I'm at the zoo. But right, but like no, I the, I saw like a baby snake one time by Carolyn and Carl's house. It was so small, but they didn't even believe me that I saw it because they're like it was probably just a worm, and I was like it wasn't a, a worm. worm, but it was it literally was just going by on the mm-hmm. sidewalk. So it like I don't know, it didn't freak me out because it was so fast and, and so little. But no, it's wild. I've encountered so many snakes in the wild. Well, exactly. <laughs> That's why I don't go into the wild. <laughs> As you can see, there's a method to the madness. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like, or like maybe more like northern, where it's like too cold for snakes. Mm-hmm. I might be more willing to go camping, but like, I don't know. Just don't see it in my future. Yeah. It's also not comfortable sleeping on the ground. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've. I've been to Bonnaroo and slept in a tent. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. count as camping. But but yeah, I mean, like, I would go to a cabin, but, like, I kind of feel like it's pointless because it's, like, okay, I would get there and then just, like, stay in the cabin, like, because I'm not going to be doing any, like, swimming holes or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> so then what would be the point exactly. of being in a cabin? I'm, not, I'm, like, a city or, like, beach vacation person. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, like, retreat from city life. I like to be in the city. <laughs> That what? Where did they get all this camping here? Though, did they like make a Walmart stop? Or... <laughs> uh, well, that was Mrs. S's truck, right? I would believe that she had some had camping some gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe they did just stop it. I would have loved to see them in a superstore together. <laughs> that would have been a funny scene. Yeah. Well, I, we get a little bit of that with Helena in the bar this week. Yeah, we do. Um, but I'll I'll just play this clip since we've been like chatting for a bit. Shut up! <laughs> no, this is the whole point. Why don't you just tell me where Duncan is? We can take him to Leaky. If you knew where Swan Man was, you would leave me behind. Sestra? Yep. If you have Kira, and we are twins, could I have babies too? Why? I'm very good with children. Would you let Helena babysit for you? <laughs> Probably not. I'd let her watch my cats. I don't know. I've never seen. We've never seen her interact with an animal. I feel like she would be sweet. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. I don't even. That's it. That's the only question I had. Is whether you would let Helena <laughs> babysit for you? Um. I guess my thoughts were. I wonder where she gets this idea that she's good with children. I wonder if she before she was a assassin if she like mm. worked with the children in the ukrainian mm. orphanage yeah probably or... i feel like she grew up there and probably had like lots of kids around her and i mean she is good with kira from what we've seen mm-hmm. but it's more like kira's good with helena <laughs> in my opinion <laughs> yeah well she channels kira in the scene where she's like there's someone here yeah and then they're making their little uh, shadow puppets, which is actually like a really cute scene. Except for then there actually is somebody there, and it's fucking Paul. And yes. I'm like, okay, Helena, where are your finely honed uh, instincts now? <laughs> Here's a question for you. Would you rather run into a snake or Paul in the, the wild? <laughs> uh, probably Paul, because at least I could seduce him with my wiles. <laughs> and uh, the snake would be immune to my <laughs> seduction charms. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. The thing about snakes, like, because I like alligators. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because snakes can like sneak up on you, and I feel like an alligator can't really sneak up on you. Like you would, mm-hmm. you would hear it like moving, and I, I don't know. Like, and I'm not even like I know a lot of people are afraid of spiders, but like spiders don't really freak me out. It's really just my snake phobia. My therapist did help me kind of because I was telling her about my deep fear of snakes, 
And she just told me like super straightforward. She's like, actually, people don't really die of snake bites anymore. And I was like, that's kind of true. <laughs> you just true. go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And especially in Louisiana, they've got all the like antidotes. Yeah. So at least now I know it's more uh, irrational. And if I were, maybe if I were to run into a snake, I would be like, well, even if it bites me, I'll probably live. <laughs> You'll be okay. Maybe that's just what needs to happen. And then your fear will be gone. Just go get bit by a snake real quick. <laughs> An extreme exposure therapy. Um, but anyway, this scene is cute. I think it's like, obviously, Thane is preoccupied with motherhood. And she tells Sarah sweetly that she's a good mother, even though Sarah doesn't agree. We don't get to see Kira this episode, so yeah, no way for us to see it from her perspective. Well, that's telling and it's yeah. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Um, and then we get this cute scene of them in the car fighting over the radio. I uh, clipped this part of Helena singing. It's our second clone singing scene. I wonder if Tatiana Mazzani just likes to sing. <laughs> She's like, make this happen. Are you going to sing the whole way? I, I just, just can't believe the love in you. Uh, I just can't believe it's you. Oh, honey. <laughs> I just like that scene because it really is like sister vibes. For real. I also like that, of course, for our sugar fiend, she loves candy girl. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> I felt this made me think of our road trip to, <laughs> to Hot Springs. Well, I was, I was thinking about that, too, because it's like, I sang along to almost every song, so I hope it didn't annoy anyone. I sang, too. I would just, when I was doing, like, a deep dive on my computer the other day, I found this video. I don't know if I took it on purpose or if I had accidentally just, like, hit record of, like, one time when I was doing bass camp on a show. So it's, like, 30 minutes long just of me, like, doing whatever, but, like, also, like, talking to my co-worker who we had like a big trailer and like I had one room of it and she had the other room but we could like still hear each other and I was like fucking singing along I'm like I wonder if she was annoyed <laughs> we just like singing every song um, the next scene okay it's Delphine and Kazima and one of the things I realized I think part of the problem with their dynamic is that we never see them outside of the lab mm-hmm. and and like in the first episodes when they start their courtship it's like that cute spontaneity they're like stealing wine they're at like a gala they're, like, yeah. running around, but the all of Kasima's scenes and Delphine's scenes are, like, completely reduced to, like, taking, administering a treatment, taking blood work. They, like, literally have no dynamic outside of this lab. And it's like, what is it like when they go home? Like, yeah. where is Kasima even living? Like, is right. she just living in that lab? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it seems like, yeah. And all their conversations are very clinical, too. They yeah. almost never talk about, uh... They talk about the other clones a little bit this episode, yeah. but it's in the context of, like, Kasima being sick and, and needs to be taken care of. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. We got a little bit of science corner about what's happening with the stem cell treatment. If these results stay positive, we move to implantation. Stem cells from the exfoliated dental pulp of baby teeth in my uterus. It's not invasive at all. So is this Kira's baby teeth? Well, so that's what we get from Scott later. I'll just jump ahead and play this clip since you transitioned us so delicately into it. (laughs) Cosima had me looking at stem cell growth kinetics, but I wanted to see if Dyad tagged them like they tagged the clones, so I ran PCR. And? They're not clone cells. They're from a totally different person. 
So I checked for familial markers. The clones share 13 STR loci with the stem cell donor. Whoever you clone, do they have a female relative, like a niece or even a daughter? But if they are curious teeth, like when would they have gotten her baby teeth? I guess maybe they stole them from Shabon's house. That was my first thought. Yeah, I guess they just, yeah, it stole them off screen. But I thought it's like a, another time where they could have done with a little bit more explanation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I, I'm sure they are Kira's teeth. Or else maybe they were um, clone. Well, I guess if baby teeth, that means it would have to be like a full child. Like, it couldn't be like a fetus or something. And we don't know of any other natural born children so yeah i think they have to be Kira's baby teeth i guess paul might have taken them or something it's weird to like imagine him like rifling through the house like where would they even keep because yeah because obviously sarah wouldn't have her baby teeth but maybe siobhan had them in her house yeah. um yeah anyway so scott is part of the party now he he got his uh he, you have been promoted <laughs> exactly he got his uh Application personally approved by Leaky to some to some meddling from Delphine and Kasim is kind of pissed like she doesn't even want him there but he already knows too much so I guess like the only way is to bring him into the thing. Um, uh, we get the next scene is Allison in rehab and group therapy. This guy is talking about how he thought he hit rock bottom when he stole from his kids but then he was blowing his dealer in the bus stop bathroom. <laughs> oh jeez! And then Vic appears in group therapy. Uh, so that's a fun. I feel like they just like that actor. So they were like, we got to keep him in the mix. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like a fun, goofy character. Yeah. Um, so going to do a little therapist insert yeah, here. Absolutely. Um, Allison says that she's not an actual drunk, which is really common with binge drinking behavior, which is what she has. She just tends to. She doesn't drink all the time, but when she does, she drinks to excess. And lots of people who binge drink don't think they're actual alcoholics because they don't have to drink every day, but she does show a lot of signs of binge drinking behavior. Yeah, she says she calls herself a bottle hider too. Yeah, that's what she says later. Mm -hmm. And then what does she say? She calls him like drug. I don't even remember her dismissive term, but yeah, it, I'm glad for that insight. Yeah, I mean clearly she has a problem. I mean pills too. She doesn't even talk about her like pill mm -hmm. usage. Right. You you are a a, a, a druggie, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah like, seriously. Uh, um. Then the next scene is Felix, who's on a bender, and then Art comes to visit him. I, I clip this because, you know, I can't resist a Felix moment. All right, Arthur, I've had enough. Okay, all right, all right, come on, med bedtime. Right. No. <laughs> Arthur, you beast. I'm not even taking any new clients. Yeah? Yeah. Then how about you take your hand off my ass? <laughs> I feel like... The writers right now are just like, okay, we need everybody to have interactions with each other. They just, like, keep shoving them together. Uh, I just think it's weird that Art just shows up at Felix's <laughs> apartment. I, I like it, but I do think it's odd. I mean, I guess he does say Sarah told him to check up on Felix, but it is funny that he, like, is like, okay, we're going to solve this mystery together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, why is Felix his sidekick all of a sudden? And right. then later when he has, like, his conspiracy wall... And then Felix is, like, going... I mean, I guess Sarah was using him, too, when they were going through Siobhan's house to, like, look for files and stuff. He is a good investigator, but it's just funny that Art would suddenly, like, here we go. But also, <laughs> it's a good contrast between how Art, even though Art is also manhandling Felix, versus it's not, like, predatory how Paul was doing it. Like, it's more played for humor than as a scare chord. Yes. 
And this also makes me think, um, I want to look up how much uh, Tatiana was paid because they're, I'm thinking Felix is in every episode because he's like mm-hmm. a top Original. build actor. I'm like, she's just like playing so many characters and they get to keep their cast list pretty small. That is true. <laughs> I hope she was getting that check. It's a good question. Yeah. I don't know if you... It probably you could have tried to look it up, but I don't know if you, you would. They should make that information. Yeah, <laughs> unless it's like a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't think she ever complained, so I guess she was probably that's adequately fine. compensated. But like, I think that's it's true what you say about the budget too. They're definitely saving money having her there, but also maybe not necessarily because like you could. I mean, there's things called like force calls. Like actors also have like limits on how much they could be and that might be why they have like all these other characters like meeting up with each other in this episode because like you can only work an actor 12 hours a day just like everybody else and like otherwise you have to keep paying them like penalties on top of that and like all that stuff and well I don't know the the rules in Canada might be different Uh, that would be interesting to look up if I ever go work in Canada I'm gonna have to know their (laughs) their SAG rules um oh so then it's Allison and Vic in rehab he says the god had put you here to test me (laughs) but at least he really i I was glad that they didn't try to play it as if he thought she was sarah because i was like we have already done this like we don't need to rehash this Mm -hmm. yeah i think they when they were thinking about bringing him back they were like all right we have to avoid this and i I think it's a, a good it was interesting. I don't know. I don't like that it's getting kind of a little bit of a romantic feel towards the end of the episode. Or I guess maybe oh. it's just like close friendship. Yeah, I didn't but, feel like it was romantic. Um, I don't know. Just maybe I just felt that way because I just feel like Allison's really lonely. But yeah. she doesn't admit it to herself. So Well, and I think the char- that the writers do like to put Allison with like these like riffraff characters. Mm-hmm. Like because it's a study in opposites. Like the dynamic with her and Felix is so fun, so they're like, "Oh, let's put her with Vic." Like, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Even though he's on this like weird Buddhist bend, they do, he is. There's still traces of the old Vic there. Um, then Sarah leaves Helena in the car with no radio. I was like, "Why wouldn't you just leave her with the radio?" Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Something. Obviously, she's not trying to get away from you. I, I feel like. I mean, she took the car keys probably so she couldn't drive away. But I was like, I would be annoyed too. If I was Helena, I would get out and go to the bar yeah, too. Yeah, I'd be bored. And then this is when Paul rolls up. But I was like, wouldn't Sarah be on the lookout for a tail? Like, I felt like it was underestimating her abilities mm-hmm. to just not. Not only does she have one tail, but two tails with like Mark behind them too. Right. She's too uh, distracted by Helena singing. (laughs) I would be distracted, too. Um, Anyway, so she goes to this church and finds out about the Cold River Institute. Uh, This guy named Mr. Peckham, who we assume is Duncan, was there visiting the archives. Um, And then it's like some kind of medical experiment facility. Yeah. From like the 20s, basically. Um, But anyway, Scott figured it out. That he he wants to see a clone, which is like a funny little scene. <laughs> like you want to see a clone, <laughs> and then because he was like, let's just take it one step at a time. And then it's a uh, Helena at the bar trying every single drink, <laughs> which I loved. But also, I, I mean, I guess they they just didn't card her. But I was like, why only now are you allowed to like go and try all the drinks? But I guess it's her mindset that she's on vacation, is yeah, what she says. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
which is so funny. And then that mean guy comes up to her and it says, are you being rude, you little skank? I know. She breaks his fingers. Or, well, no, she sprains his fingers, actually. Yeah, actually. (laughs) She'll break the next one. Yeah. And then Patrick J. Adams, who's from Suits, comes as Jesse, who shares his pork rinds with her. And like I said, like, Mark shows up. And then the next scene is Allison and Donnie. I just, like, clipped this whole sequence. You said you'd bring the kids. I will. On family day. I wanted to see them today. Well, Allison, until you start taking this place seriously, I don't think it's a good environment for them. As if I'm the one who should be in here proving myself. And what does that mean? It means, Donnie, that once this is all over, you'll have nowhere to hide. Okay, you know what? Hmm? Now you're threatening me. Yeah, I'm not actually making that. Well, you and if you show up here without my kids again, I will cut off your dangling balls. <laughs> Do you think his are extra dangly, and that's why she imagines him? Why would you ask me? That? <laughs> I don't want to think about. That. <laughs> I'm sure he's. I don't know. He's not the most um, handsome man. And I doubt he, well, I guess he plays golf, but I don't feel like that requires much (laughs) fitness. Yeah. Uh, Then Vic intervenes, and he says, anger is a tool that we use on situations, not people, or whatever Buddhist shit that he's trying to say. Um, Then Sarah's in the archives looking through, like, gnarly medical experiments, eugenics, all that type of stuff. I feel like this, you know what this made me think of? Stranger Things. And I wonder mm-hmm. if any of those writers, like, have watched the show or took inspiration from it. Just because it was this creepy kid experiment. soldiers. Yeah, yeah interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and then later, we'll get into it more, but, like, they say, Duggan's like, we went to babies, like, little girls. But they don't, they don't say why. Like, what for? Like, why did they need those clones? Mm-hmm. Um, then, our, like we said, Art and Felix are on their, uh, partnership detective agency uh felix tells art that he's the best day he's had in ages after he offers him a coffee <laughs> which like <laughs> up your game babe I know. you deserve better but that's how i feel when people offer me coffee so <laughs> um then after like we said Vic is apparently buddhist now he's like meditating which allison really interrupts Ba- dribbling basketball. basketball and we said that she admits to being a bottle hider they play basketball together and then the next clip is uh, uh, ooh, i can't speak helena in the bar flirting with patrick j adams and she has, is like adopting all the backstories of her sisters which mm-hmm. i thought was interesting in ukraine i was police detective i shot many criminals ukraine huh I've never been further than Sioux Falls myself. Then I was brilliant scientist, but I quit to be with my family. Oh, come on. Don't tell me you're spoken for. Divorced after rehab drinking problems. But now I am with my sister having adventures. I wonder if he thinks it's a red flag that she said that she was in rehab for drinking problems. <laughs> They're getting wasted in the bar together. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this guy seems cool. Yeah. He's, Obviously. He's open. He loves a, a, an adventurous woman. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about her t- taking on the story of all her s- clone sisters? I think it just shows how lonely she is and that also... Well, because when she's talking about being a police detective, she's talking about herself, right? Like, as 
a clone assassin. So I, I, it's, oh, I thought you were saying about Beth. Oh, <laughs> I guess you're right. I forgot about Beth. <laughs> well, then this my interpretation still stands that she just like isn't really proud of who she is, and she thinks that like all the other clones are more successful than her. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't channel Sarah, but she does say she is with yeah, Sarah that, now. Yeah, I thought that was so. interesting, too. Sarah's the only one who she doesn't try to steal the story from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a little sad. Yeah, I think it's like goes into her like desire for connection, and she's just like, well, obviously her circumstances are not good, so she's just trying to reach out for any other alternative narrative for herself. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting Helena episode, for sure. So then we get this scene, which is um, Paul and Mark. I have, like I took so many clips this episode where it was like X person versus X person, <laughs> which is kind of what you were saying, too. A lot of standoffs. Yeah. Confrontations. I didn't even notice you on their tail till last night. Special Forces. JTF2. Boy Scouts. Yeah. But I never met a real police team before. I expect I had sent you after the other one? <laughs> Are you waiting till she drinks herself senseless for the bar to clear out? Just letting her enjoy herself a bit. She's a miracle, I'm told. Oh, whatever she is, she's not worth dying for. Is yours? My whole thought process was, oh, wow, who would have thought these men who feel like they're entitled to these women are getting along? <laughs> 100%. Well, I, Paul fucking, like, whispering again. Um, well, it's interesting, because it does seem like... Mark is trying to let her enjoy herself for real. But they also, I mean, we I don't think it's been meant, like hinted at that he might also have like a military background, mm-hmm. Mark. So that like kind of questions. Also, like, once again, like how old is he? Like, we really don't know. Yeah. Like, if he had enough time to be like some kind of special forces like Paul, that probably means like he's at least 25, like, or even older, maybe. Yeah. Like stuff with... Grace. <laughs> Grace, that's her name, yeah. Even weirder. Ugh. Yeah. But I, when I was reading the recaps for these episodes, they kind of, both the recaps shared, like, our same frustration about Paul, which is, like, they were, like, I don't know if it's just, like, this actor has such a neutral affect, but, like, mm. it's really impossible to tell, like, what his vibe is, yes. like, what his, uh, mm-hmm. his connection is. And I, I really feel like... <laughs> Not in my head. Go. The writers told him, or like he he doesn't know, so it's like hard as an actor if you don't know your mm-hmm. own motives too. So I feel like that's what's going on because it it really feels like specifically with Paul, they're like figuring out as they go, like yeah. what they're going to do with him. So yeah, um, but I think it does. It even Mark is kind of like calling his motives into question about like asking whether Sarah's worth dying for. With mm-hmm. this whole dynamic that they have going on. Um, and then the next scene is Sarah's still going through the archives about Cold River. We get Kasima doing some more science exposition. You know, good intentions, bad science. Sound familiar? Not really. What, what, should it? Yeah, Project Lita. I mean, Cold River is like the perfect ideological breeding ground for a nature-nurture cloning fiasco. Oh, they did a shite job breeding us, didn't they? Well, science is what scientists do. Terror. You know, nobody's got any idea. We're just poking at things with sticks. 
Which I think is interesting for her to point out because later, um, Duncan is like, we got called out by the ethics board. Mm-hmm. And then uh, is essentially saying no science is truly ethical because a lot of the time we're going in blind. Yeah, just like trying to see, throwing things at the wall to see what works. Blunt in your hand. <laughs> oh, it's still there. I'm sure I do. <laughs> um, and like immediately after this, I didn't clip this part of the conversation just because I thought it would be too long. But then it's like H- H- Sarah's worried about Kasima and she's like, "Are you gonna be okay?" And then it's like this moment, like I can't do this without you. But it just kind of rings false because of like what we've been saying, where they're like talking about how they're better off together, mm-hmm. but we barely see them interacting together at yeah. all. Well, and then they say we're better together, so yeah. I feel like they're hinting that they're going to bring them back together, and so. the writers are taking hints that, like, we like when they all interact with each other, and yeah. not just through Skype. Well, just, <laughs> they really just need to give Kasima more to do, yeah. like, and not just have her being poked and prodded. Mm-hmm. And She's more than her career. Yeah. And her illness. Yes. Which is, like, part of the whole point of the show is, like, identity. Yeah. And... The show itself is like doing her a disservice by pigeoning or like by trapping her in this. Mm-hmm. She's had part. the least growth out of all the characters. Yeah, Are... it's very stagnant. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. like what you're saying. Yeah. Um, Helena and Jesse are doing like romantic dancing. Yeah, so I had some fun research. Ooh, I was really yes. interested in the song that was mm-hmm. playing. So it's by Diana Salvatore, mm-hmm. um, and she plays uh, the bartender in the pub that they frequent. Oh. Um, and she had this single before she was on the show, but I guess like as this extra, yeah. she like convinced them to play this song. And spe- specifically, uh, there's this line while they're dancing, and it says, "Crazy, you think you can." Save me. And I, I thought it was pretty relevant because I feel like yeah. this guy probably has some, like, well, she's she's a little oddball, but, like, maybe I can yeah. save her. Maybe I can convince her to stay in this small town with me. But it's like, yeah, you you can't, is what the song continues to say. So, yeah. yeah, but I like, it's nice for them to even have, give Helena this tiny moment of connection where it's like somebody's interested in her, discussing, like, who she is, mm-hmm. and not seeing her as, like, means to an end or, like, a tool and just, like, she is kind of on vacation. It's like, oh, this like cute, sweet guy is gonna. He obviously has no idea what he's yeah. getting himself into. <laughs> Although he does get a little bit of an idea when um, Helena starts getting into a bar fight. But and and then like in the middle of this romantic scene with them, like Paul and Mark come to this deal where they're like, okay, well you take your phone and I'll take mine. Once again, treating them like property, just mm-hmm. like you were saying, men controlling the women. Wait, also, are the clones left-handed? Have we talked about this? I haven't paid any attention. They left-hand arm wrestle, which I thought was interesting. Huh. So, I don't know if maybe they were, like, trying to do, like, non-dominant, but they, I rewinded to make sure, and yeah, they're... Yeah, that's it. We should watch to see if it's consistent, because, like, otherwise it might have just been, like, whatever made the most sense, like, visually for Mm -hmm. them to shoot it. But that's a good point. I'm, I'm curious to see. And to see if they all have the same dominant hand mm-hmm. uh, or if that's another nature versus nurture point that we can get into um, Sarah after investigating the archives learns that Maggie Chen stole patient files from there and then she like calls Art well she calls Art and Felix who are on the case and realizes that Duncan stole that person's identity from the files that Maggie Chen took so Helena gets arrested and Sarah just leaves her. <laughs> I know. I cannot believe that. I was yeah. very disappointed. I'm just like, I felt like 
Hey, you, like you admitted, like I can't do this without you, Helena, and it's like, oh, she gets in jail. Well, I'm out of here. Like, yeah, well, it's like Helena's right. Like as soon as Sarah had what she needed from her, she left her. I mean, who's like she might have gone back like after she figured out whatever with Duncan, but we don't know that because like obviously she, we we see another way. And then so then Grace Gracie finds Helena in the, the jail with Mark's help, I assume. And I, I think their dynamic is like one of the most interesting dynamics. Sister. It's good to see you. You tried to kill me. Yes. <laughs> My father and I, we don't, we don't always see eye to eye, so. He saw you silent, your lips. I've had this also once. It will heal. Yeah, so something that came to mind when I was watching this scene is their sisters in suffering. That mm-hmm. they've both, like, been abused by the people who are supposed to take care of them. And I feel like Grace is maybe relating to her that way and vice versa. Yeah. To her, that's just like, okay, I, I see that the people that you are supposed to trust the most have used you and abused you. Yeah, totally. They have, like, a lot more in common than Helena's, even with, like, her clone sisters, like, both in, like, a religious up- upbringing that they don't necessarily agree with. And I thought the part where she laughs at the idea that Grace tried to kill her is, like, telling, too. And she says, like, oh, this happened, like, the lips so You were right, by the way. They sewed them shut. And she's like, I had this before. It'll heal. Like, it's, like, literally, they've, exactly like you're saying, they've been through the exact same suffering. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like Helena sees it, senses a kinship with Grace. And, I mean, obviously, Grace isn't, like, you know, my father made your babies whole. Ugh. So, but, okay, so, <laughs> I'm, so do you think that they just, like, took them to, like, inseminate them? just so it was like slightly less problematic than like straight up like yeah raping her. i like, really don't understand because then it's like there's really no point in like getting yeah. married I, I figured getting married would be yeah. so that they could like have sex i, I guess maybe they wanted to like make sure that or maybe he wanted more control over the process mm-hmm. like the fertilization yeah. process or well something. maybe because you can get multiple babies if you pull multiple eggs yeah so, so uh, anyway, but so Helena decides to go with Grace, probably, well, mainly because she wants to be a mom. And mm-hmm. as she's like, you took my babies from inside me. But Grace is like, they'll re- reunite them with you and whatever. Um, but I, I think also she definitely does see Grace as like a kindred spirit almost. Yes. Um, and also really creepy with her stitch Wound. Yeah, so I was like, like still being there in the next episode, which obviously makes sense, but I wasn't expecting that. I was like, oh, like yeah, good makeup. Yeah. She looks rough. Yeah. Um. So, but then we get that is done. We don't see Helene again for the rest of the episode. But then Allison is in rehab, like asking for Vic's help to like make some place settings for family day. But we learn that DeAngelis is running him. To try to get information on her, which is uh, at least he's not a, a dyad monitor because yeah. like, that's what I was kind of worried about. But I was like, <sighs> I just thought I didn't miss her. <laughs> I haven't thought about her since she hasn't been in the show, so it was just like yeah. wasn't particularly excited to see her. But uh, I don't know. I, I sometimes I just feel like they throw too many wrenches in. It's just yeah. like I felt like yeah, my like overall note was that there was so much back and forth in this episode, and I think it's because we had. 
all of the four major clones in this episode, and often we have one who we mm-hmm. don't see. But, but we, we didn't see Rachel, so it's just the three. Oh, well, Sarah, and then Helena, and Cosima, and Allison. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So, oh, right, right. I don't know. It just, it felt heavier than normal. Um, I just felt like it's just constant scene swapping. A big lore episode, too. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, it's just like, and then it's like, okay, well, we're also going to throw in this dynamic. It's like, uh, can we tie up some loose ends first? <laughs> yeah, like finish one thing before you introduce all the stuff and then i just thought it was a weird choice like they have like the art voiceover with uh sarah like okay duncan is here it's like two hours away but they put it like as she's showing up at the i was like what the weird choice like yeah just (laughs) didn't make sense um but anyway so then sarah is investigating find siobhan there which is like like, so, once again, we're like, what's Siobhan's deal? So we get Sarah versus Siobhan. Should have known you'd show up. Shit on your shoe, no doubt. You bitch. You knew all along. My whole life you knew. You're just one of them, aren't you? I am not one of them. Just like you, I got caught up in a struggle I didn't ask for. Only I've been at it longer, so I'm better at it than you. I just think it's hella confusing these like groups within groups too mm-hmm. like because it's like okay well we have the neolutionists within the dyad and yeah. then we have it was military and then it was dyad and then it's like we had Siobhan's like I don't know what you call them they're called the bird watchers the right? bird watchers but then she's a, a, a subgroup within the bird it's just like yeah. Ugh, why yeah well and I don't even what was Siobhan doing the last time that we saw her oh it was just Sarah Leuser yeah, but the, at that place, and then she said, "I guess they're going crazy." Isn't it? <laughs> she just is at Duncan's. Do you think Duncan? <laughs> he walked around. around. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> Makes sense. Um, we're almost done anyway. But yeah, so yeah, it's it like you said, it's just like throwing another wrench into this thing, and it's like she obviously didn't. Well, I mean, we knew the whole time that she knew more than she was letting on, but it's like frustrating, like how much she knew, and then mm-hmm. the. The, like, tiny bits of information that she's been, like, revealing this whole time. Um, and then, like, the set design of, like, Duncan's house is, like, like a, it's kind of, like, this weird bird man. Like, he seems to have, maybe have, like, lost his mind a little bit. Yeah, right. That seemed to be what they were implying. Yeah. And he said that, or, like, Sarah's trying to figure out, like, what the whole point of this was. This is, like, the conversation that they have. That an oversight committee declared us an ethical failure. Are you sure you won't have some tea? How is Dyad involved? Contractor. When the military scuppered our work, Dyad persuaded us to um, push on to full term. So Dyad hijacked Project Leader. Once you've gone too far, it's hard not to go all the way. Why? What did you want? Babies. Little girls. So, so he said that they were, like, proof of concept. But, like I said, they still aren't saying, like, what for. Yeah. Like, why, why do they need to clone to have little girls? Yeah. And I don't know. I guess I was thinking, like, science for the sake of science made sense to me, especially with the conversation that Sarah and Kinsima had, that just sometimes scientists just do stuff to see if they can do it. And this is an especially great phenomenon, obviously. So, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of what I assumed. Yeah. But I yeah, I guess so. specifically, like, why little girls? <laughs> yes, it sounds creepy to me. <laughs> yes. Um, 
anyway, so but Duncan, the main thing that he's fixated on is that he really wants to see Rachel. And he basically says that Leaky stole her, her from him and, like, wouldn't let them raise her and that they were going to, like, expose everything. And then, like, simultaneously we get this scene with Siobhan versus Paul, finally. Who sent you? Diane. Hardly an answer. Diane's a Hydra. If Sarah's caught between Nikki and Rachel, I bet you are too. And a man with two masters answers only to himself. So even Siobhan agrees. <laughs> She's like, what are you up to, Paul? But she tries to convince him that he needs a new friend in Siobhan because he's like stuck between these two parties. And she reveals that she knows about Afghanistan too. Which mm-hmm. I was like, how'd you find that out? Yeah. Well, that's, I just like, this was falling flat for me because I'm like... She's so obviously on Sarah's side, and I felt like last time we saw her, it didn't seem like she was 100% on Sarah's side. Like, yeah. She was more on, like, Siobhan and Kira's side, and, and Sarah's just, like, not along with the plan. But it's, like, here when she's talking to Paul, she's like, I'm a mom. Yeah, and, like, prioritizing Sarah, and it's just, yeah. like, feels a little Yeah, it's a, a little inconsistent. I think, like, her main thing is, like, she does want to, like, protect Sarah and Kira. Well, I maybe she does find out that they're sick. I don't know. It's like, how much does she know? Like, mm-hmm. why does she suddenly feel like they need Duncan? Like, it's not like she's in communication with them, so she doesn't have, like, the update that Kasima's sick or whatever. So it doesn't, yeah, you're right, it doesn't really make sense that her motivations would change. And then, like, for her to be so hostile with Sarah, too, when she, like, first gets there. Yeah. I'm like, what? what is going on? Like, I don't know. It's really not clear. Um, the episode ends with Sarah still talking with... Duncan and he like we talked about earlier blames the neolutionist inside of Dyad for like perverting the course of their experiment or whatever and basically just says that like Leaky killed Susan I guess he like set the lab fire or whatever but it's I don't know that also seems or like maybe not the whole truth because it's in like well if he did it intentionally why wouldn't he save the research of the original genome Mm -hmm. and stuff like I feel like it's probably more than one there, there's two sides to every story. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you remember, but last episode, or maybe it was the episode before, I was like, I feel like they're trying to make Leaky not the villain. Yeah. And I guess they were trying to do that so that it would be... More of a twist. Twist, but it, once again, falling flat for me. Yeah. Like, well, it's annoying oh. for them to keep jerking us back and forth just to have, like, shock value. Like, it would be better if they just, like, told the story and then, like, allowed it to speak for itself and, mm-hmm. like, be surprising on its own. Um, and then, like, Sarah does, but Duncan is resistant to helping them, but then Sarah does the thing that you're supposed to do if you're confronted with, like, a murder, which is where you try to, like, humanize them, and she talks about, like, Allison being, like, a housewife with two adopted kids, and Kasima's a brilliant scientist, just like you, and, like, emotional manipulation, like, your little girls are dying. And, but then she also says, like, Rachel is lost, which I was like, that's kind of extreme. Like, maybe if she knew her dad wasn't dead, she could be recovered yeah but i mean it makes it makes sense that sarah wouldn't see that because of the interactions that they've had so far but yeah that's the end of the episode yeah i don't know me well yeah i don't know oh i'm excited to keep watching but i'm just like it's like almost it's the episodes get exhausting (laughs) because they just throw so much at you and you're keeping up with so much um i hope that the next episode is honestly a little slower 
and maybe we can just like flesh out. What did they things. have in like the preview? I don't know. I stopped. Oh, okay, watching yeah, I don't know the preview. The only thing I saw was that Allison revealed that she's a murderer. To oh, fish. I did see that actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, oh, oh yeah, I think I did see the preview, and it kind of reminds me of like the same where it's like more of like a suburban drama, like the episode in season one where it's like she's hosting the potluck. Mm, okay. I feel like it's gonna be. It's probably gonna be. Uh, I remember now. I think I think the next episode will be more like hijinksy and maybe not so like lore okay, drop. Yeah. Like I feel like we definitely need, need like a break. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, anything else? I didn't really relate to any of the clothes this week. Maybe Helena singing in the car. <laughs> so. I would love to be a man that arm wrestling. <laughs> listening and thank you to adam kelly for our theme music and megan walker for our podcast cover art you can email us at onmylistpod650 at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions tune in next week bye